Hey, do you guys want any podcorn? I'd love some popcorn. No, 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 Pete. Uh, podcorn. It's a marketplace for connecting podcasters to sponsorship opportunities. Wait, uh, Podcorn, isn't that who's sponsoring our show right now? Sure is, Justin. Podcorn has a great, easy-to-use interface that lets you search for advertisers for your podcast and lets advertisers search for you. So is there any popcorn or... Wait, wait, so what's the deal? If I use popcorn, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time learning about advertising and dealing with financials, which is like a money word, and selling my soul to sketchy, horrible companies that make me feel like I want to die? No, no, no. The opposite of that. I was actually shocked, and I mean this sincerely. Thanks for being unsincere every time, every moment before this. Well, it's an ad. Anyway, I took barely any time to set up, uh, and then once I did, it was actually fun to click through and find advertisers that might match well with our podcast. The whole interface is Simple and straightforward, even for someone not financially minded like me. True. And once you do hook up with an advertiser like, say, Podcorn. I'm hungry. Pete, just working with them to craft the right ad is supremely simple, too. You don't have to commit to anything you don't want to do, and you can spend a lot less time looking around for advertisers and more time on making your podcast great. <laughs> yeah. So when do we start making this podcast great? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, you never give up your rights, and Podcorn is there to help protect you if there are any issues. I really can't recommend it highly enough. And hey, if you want more info, check out the link in our episode description. Once again, that's Podcorn. Podcorn? Podcorn. So is no one else craving popcorn right now? Pete, Pete come, come on. on. Just eat a meal. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live a bunch of different places, specifically two different places, Crowdcast on the internet, and YouTube also on the internet. That's the same place. uh, It's two different places. The YouTube... Oh, I see what you're saying. The internet is the same place. That's That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, I'm very excited about the show that we have tonight. Also, shout out to the people listening to the audio podcast later, obviously. It's not live, but we love you anyway. We have some great guests for you on the show. But first, it is time for everybody's favorite That magical time. That Mm. magical time. Murdering names. Uh, Well, I'll tell you, this actually is one of my favorite segments because it is a shout out to all the people who are supporting us on Patreon. We do that usually towards the beginning of the month. This is a couple of days later than usual, but hey, that's how it's worked out. We still love you just the same. Maybe more. You think absence so? makes the heart grow fonder. And Ooh. I think that's what we created an absence. <laughs> so what we're going to read off now is the people that support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. This is a seamless segment that never And we've talked to our dialogue coach who has worked us through. Me, 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 Momo. Warmed us up and we are ready to say the names. Starting it off with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Leitna Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Amy Gonzalez. Andrew Tillman. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Chris Terlizzi. C- Clemens Luer. Gorby Dorby Doodle. Curtis LaRock. Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabrell. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Danny Ali. That's the end of the Danny block. Debbie Gloom. <laughs> Dennis Scott. Dylan L.J. Eduardo Martinez. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVilliers. Isaac Carter. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jolene. John George. Jonathan Jong. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxon. Catherine Anenson. 
KC New Haven. Keep masking up, motherfucker. Don't stop yet. Yeah. Given, given name. Yes, his English name. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Aaron Broderick. Cody Thomas. Lee Brown. Lee Wana Thomas. Lucas Inc. Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Megan Thigpen. Michael A. Sargent. Mike Dargenio. Mitchell McDonald. Nelson Martinez. I like the point when you can tell that Pete is getting tired. Nick Broughton. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did did you say Nick Broughton? He did. Okay, Nick Grayson. Official official CBC chef, Brett Macris. Omnia Solar. Oren Dix. Pedro A. Rangel. Pete's Punisher Slippers. Primetime Pauly G. Rev Mikey. Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Tamela Rush. The Big Flood. The 12 Panch. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. W.M. Leach. And Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you all for supporting us at Patreon.com wow. slash Comic Book Club. We crushed that. I also wanted to give a specific shout out to two of our Patreon members, in particular, John and Aaron, who had a really, really rough week oh, this man. week. Um, but they are two of our favorite people all around. Yes. We love not just their support, but hanging out and talking with them. 100%. I miss seeing them at our live show, bringing us little cakes and things. Uh, so I hope... <laughs> No, it's great. Little cakes and things. You make well, them sound. You make them sound like magical elves, which I yeah. guess they are. I mean, they kind of are. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to because they had a hard week in particular. I wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, everybody is the bees knees. They are a pair of bees knees. So there you go. Couple of knees. Uh, just of a couple knees. of knees banging around around the town. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. Ruining it. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, hard. it's hard for Alex to say a compliment. You know, it's, it, just, it takes a lot it takes, out of you. It takes something away from me and the focus on me. Before before um, you guys all got here, um, Alex's wife was in his video stream, and we all demanded that he say that we love her, and it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real love fest on the show tonight. Absolutely. Uh, now, here's two guests that I love to think about and talk oh, to real comfortable the- saying you love our guests but when it comes to your wife it's like a little wobbly it's a little wobbly yeah i mean i haven't said it as often so it feels fresh and new that's all i'm saying oh, interesting <laughs> you are officially in too deep with this intro absolutely uh, i'm gonna invite our guests in before this becomes particularly horrible which is too late at this point uh, our two long. guests tonight are behind bad ideas eniac this is a new comic studio new creators matt Kent and Warren Simon should be in here shortly. Matt, hello. How are you doing? Exciting to have you on the show. And there's Warren hey! Simon. Hey. hey, guys. Excited to have both of you guys here. Excited to talk about this book about bad idea. Oh, there we go. There it is. Uh, no, oh, Warren... yeah, that's, I, was just reading, I was just reading Fear Case. Here, that's good. Nice. Plug <laughs> other Matt stuff. I think it's yeah, possible. Uh, Warren, I'm curious to talk to you first, just the whole idea behind Bad Idea. This is obviously a new comic publisher. There's a ton of exciting titles coming out. But what's the backstory? Where did it start? Well, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think about 10 years ago, right as Valiant was launching, uh, I came on the show and we did a uh, uh, chat uh, downtown, I want to say, pre-COVID, of course, a long time ago. Yeah, but uh, was. that was awesome. Uh, uh, so the genesis of this really, uh, uh, I worked at Marvel from about 2002 to 2009, uh, left in 2009. 
uh, in about 2011, I joined Valiant. Uh, and the crew that I was with there was uh, uh, my my fellow soldiers in arms. Uh, Tanesh Hamdasani, he's our co-CEO. Mm. Hunter Gorenson, who's our publisher. Uh, Josh Johns, who's now our director of marketing. And Adam Freeman, our head of sales. I think I could check all those boxes now. That's done. Yeah, so you crushed got- that. Crush You're great at re- yeah. reading names. Yeah, by can you do that for us you know, next yeah. month? Can you read our names? Very, very inspired by your intro. So uh, um, Valiant uh, was sold in 2018. Uh, uh, and uh, most of us, uh, in one way or another, uh, had either departed or soon departed after. Uh, it had been a real good ride, uh, seven years. Uh, pretty pretty, uh, pretty healthy run for a universe I think was dormant, uh, along with... Uh, my whole crew of guys like Matt Kent over here, uh, yeah. Robert Venditti, Joshua Dysar, uh, Luis LaRosa, Tomas Girillo, the list goes on and on. Uh, and after that, I think we were all kind of uh, deciding what to do next. Uh, we took a little bit of time off. I did. Uh, caught my breath for a little bit. Uh, smoked a lot of cigars. Played a lot Tell of poker. Tell me what that's like. Tell me mm, what time off is yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, smoked a lot of cigars. Cigar shop every day. Uh Wow. Played in a lot of poker tournaments. Uh, took a little bit of time wow. off. Uh, spent a little bit of time uh, raising my children, who were not sure who I was because I'd missed them building the valley, <laughs> helping nice. building the university. So j- j- just to put that hierarchy together, it was cigars, poker, children. Yes, <laughs> I have not. I have not smoked a cigar in over a year at this point in time. Wow! So, uh, since the Bloodshot premiere last year in Los Angeles, oh, that wow. was the last cigar I had. Uh, those are Marvel villains carpooling, by the way. Carpool buddies of death. I just noticed this question. Um, but, uh, um, uh, and then we're figuring out what to do next. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we're, we're a bunch of guys who, who work pretty hard and, and we like working with each other. And we've really got a super smart crew, I think. And uh, uh, we began to reach out and talk to some of our creators like Matt, who was kind enough to uh, come over and help us uh, build this endeavor. Uh, Joshua Dysar, as I said, Tomas Girello, Luis Rosa. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline. I don't want to spoil anything to see. I have Marguerite Bennett here, my buddy Zeb. Well, we got a well, crew all up there. Coming in. <laughs> the right yeah, my, my board up here is I've got four boards here, which oh, is the, okay. whole, the whole layout of everything. So I'm checking. Uh, okay. uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's been awesome. Uh, and we're doing it a little bit differently than than most traditional publishers. Uh, I think we took a lot of lessons away from Valiant. Uh, when you're selling Exo Manowar and Bloodshot, who I love very much, uh, into retailers who are used to selling Batman and Wolverine, uh, it can be a uh, uphill climb, uh, perhaps even more so than uh, uh, when you're building new IP or, or creating creator-owned books or, or, or putting out new, new books like, like uh, Matt does all the time. Uh, so it's just kind of a different set of challenges. So we, we're, we're approaching things a little bit differently. Uh, we have no variant covers. We have no digital. We're going to have no trades. Uh, we're just selling comics in comic book shops, which is a crazy wow. idea. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of something that we're excited about. Uh, we have uh, 250 retail partners, uh, and they're in the Bad Idea Destination Store program, and they're the only places that sell the books. Uh, so we're not trying to sell all of our books to everyone all the time. We're not trying to sell uh, Bloodshot to 2,000 retailers or EXO. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to find people who, the experience of working at Valiant and Marvel before that for so long, uh, uh, we're trying to find retailers who want to sell our product, who are going to be advocates for us, who can try to hand sell it, who want to take part in this 
uh, and it's not for everyone. We totally understand that, but we're we're pretty excited about it. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. About four years ago, five years ago, I was at a uh, Valiant retreat. And Matt was there with our pal Robert Venditti, who's launching tankers for us in a couple of months. And I was explaining in a couple of weeks, I should say. And I was explaining to the guys the difficulty sometimes of selling independent comics. And Rob looks at me and he goes. Look at Warren trying to explain to Matt Kent how to sell independent companies. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we have going on right now. And we just released ENIAC uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's been uh, the first print is sold out everywhere. They're not, we're doing something different with the second printing, which is we're not doing a second printing and a third printing and a fourth printing and trying to variantize those. We're just doing a second printing, which is called the not first printing. And that's going to be an open order item. Any reseller can order that at any point in time. Uh, so we're trying to keep the books on the shelves so that we can that's continue. Awesome. There. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about it. We think the story is really good. Uh, I've got a really good writer on it. He's a pretty talented guy. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's uh, a good segue then. Uh, yes. he's, he's right here. Matt. He's right here. Wow. Crazy coincidence. Wow. Keep going. <laughs> well, Matt, let's talk about ENIAC and uh, where where the idea first came from when Warren first came to you and said, hey, we're starting up this new company. I'm looking for new ideas. Uh, what did you iterate through? How did you eventually end up with this idea that became ENIAC? Yeah, we uh, we I he asked me if I had any ideas and I showed him my folder of ideas. <laughs> it's, it was a ton. It's just a ton of stuff that I I sort of build on over the years, you know, like I, like some of them I never get to and they get older and they sort of drift to the bottom of the pile. And then I'm always adding new ones and everything. So ENIAC was a newer one and it was, and it was a really raw idea. It was just like, uh, I'd been doing research for this other World War II sort of spy thing I was thinking about doing, which I haven't done and, uh, ran across ENIAC, which was a real, it was a real thing in World War II, but it was, mm -hmm. It's and in the comic we kind of like brush against what it was or what it started as, which is just like running numbers and everything and figuring out artillery, whatever, some math stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I remember reading about that and I was like, oh man, that'd be that's like the first that could be like the first AI. And then I was like, that'd be cool to sort of see like what AI would be uh, in World War II, you know, in the '40s in that era. Like what? What does that look like? And then how would it work? And then what would it change? And then how would you make it? How would you program it? And and uh, and then we we sort of took that just like rough idea and sort of um, built it up. And I I think when we missed, I don't, Warren, you probably remember better than I do. I don't even remember if we had like a full plot. I was I I think I had an end, an idea for the ending. I had the beginning and the end. I didn't have anything in the middle. And so we sort of like figured out what that was going to be. Yeah, I think me, Matt, and Dinesh, we, uh, Matt and LA, we met in L.A. when we were beginning to really uh, uh, determine what we were going to do here. And, and Matt was, uh, uh, as usual, just a uh, wonderful font of ideas and just began to uh, kick around the ideas. I think the initial pitch, Matt, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, was that this guy finds a computer in a, like in a closet, bro, that's been oh, shut yeah. for yeah, yeah. years. And we discovered the computer starts talking to him, and it's we discovered it's from World War II. And the basic idea that, that we ran with was that uh, at the height of World War II, uh, uh, while the Allies were doing everything to try to win the war, uh, they, the Manhattan Project was not the only project they were developing. They were building a bunch of other projects. One of those became the first artificial intelligence, which is uh, ENIAC. Uh, and uh, what we discover over time is that uh, it was the Allies who dropped the first bomb in World War II, but it was ENIAC who dropped the second because he calculated that 
this one bomb was a 60% chance of success. A second bomb was a 99% chance of success. And not to spoil it too much, but uh, we also discovered that he was, he turned his eyes towards Russia soon after, and he was, mm-hmm. he was about to end the world as well. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a pretty awesome uh, idea that Matt came up with. And, and uh, Doug Braithwaite is just, uh, uh, oh, yeah. you know, there's, Doug is the best. I've worked with him uh, for many years now. And uh, one of my favorite things about Doug uh, is that no matter what, yeah, there we have some, some of the opening pages, nice. no matter what uh, the next page, the sequence up here is awesome. The thing about this next page, if you, if you track these five pages, guys, if you took all the balloons out of them, they would be seamless and it would probably be almost as perfect. We wouldn't get the little bit about Russia, but this is Falk and Fletcher who are our two main characters uh, uh, going on a mission to, uh, to kill the Russian who's responsible for funneling money uh, to to uh, uh, the soldiers in Afghanistan for Bounty Gate, for those who attempted to kill American soldiers. And we're taking out bounties on American soldiers. So even though uh, uh, in the press, at least, there wasn't much blowback with that uh, uh, in the real world, uh, Matt and I was kind of kicking around the idea that uh, the military would take care of it. So they dispatched these two to take care of it. And this is basically the start of our story. But Doug has just done such an extraordinary job here. Uh, uh, his, his storytelling is absolutely effortless. He's really a, a talented, gifted storyteller. And uh, if you really took the word balloons out of all these pages, I think it would still track for the most part. And, you know, it's it's been wonderful to, to see the reaction to the book. So you're saying you don't want the writer involved in this? <laughs> well, <laughs> one's got to go. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I am curious about the direction of the story because from the initial pitch and the way that you're talking about it, it sounds like it could be this very heady analytical thing. You're concentrating on the first AI, you're concentrating on a computer. But for those who are watching it live right now, you can see from the pages, it's pretty intense. It's pretty adult. There's a lot of violence. There's some nudity. Uh, there's other things going on there. So was the idea to sort of take this very heady thing and then blow it up into a big action spectacular? Or was there something else you were trying to hit there? Yeah, two things. One is just like a, that was one of the this is probably one of the most difficult things I've written because like the concept is kind of uh, it's not very action oriented. There's not a lot of like movement in the idea of this artificial intelligence and like <laughs> yeah. manipulating world events. I was like, well, how do you like if he's just in a box or whatever he is, you know, it's, it's not like he's a robot that is going to start animating and walk. He's not Volt or uh, Ultron. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Old-timey so, computers are sort of just rooms, really. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It was like a big box with tubes in it. So it's yeah. like it's, that was the challenge, really. Is how do you how do you find something that that is like interesting to draw? You know, it's like I didn't want to write this thing, and then Doug's hating me because it's just guys <laughs> talking in a room with a box. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we. Oh a, man, we, we, awesome. yeah, yeah. And then Lewis, I want Lewis. That's unbelievable. Sorry. Lewis could just draw covers and I would write the story for whatever he wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's a prompt right there. Yeah. Anyway, he's so good. But yeah, so that's one part of it is that, is like making the action. But the other part, is, like to me, the core idea is something we've seen before with like Kyle in 2001 and like the rogue AI and that kind of thing, which I uh, I just, uh, I feel like that's that's a road that's been, we've been down before and we've seen really great stuff sure. done with it. So I, I really wanted to do something where we have a twist on that. Like there's something you haven't thought of that hasn't been done yet with that idea and with 
with this AI and what it's not just what it's capable of, but what it wants to do. And I'm not going to spoil it and everything, but to me, it was all about that ending and, and, uh, um, we'll see it. Like uh, until you see issue four, you won't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) There's there's this old Kurt Vonnegut short story called Epic hack. It reminds me of the dark side of that about an old computer from, I think the forties that falls in love. So you have the one who's like, Fuck that! I'm gonna blow up the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that uh, he's he's? I haven't read that. He's he's one of my favorites though. Is that uh from the the, the bag and bow snuff box? That one is it the list of short stories. I think it's I think it's Welcome to the Monkey House, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, okay. his first yeah. collection. Uh, not to get too uh, that way about it. Um, no, but uh, let's talk about this off camera. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, viewers um, can if you. If you want something, while we're talking about all this um, uh, Kurt Vonnegut uh, fan stuff, um, feel free to put our beards in order from pubescent, which is mine, uh, to um, actual bearded man, Matt. <laughs> no, no, yours is groomed, though. I think yours is the only one totally groomed. In the- uh, I hate to tell you, this is just about all I got in the tank. <laughs> oh, oh, somebody in the comments said uh, Eniac is came backwards, which I totally realized when I was writing Issue two, I think somewhere in issue two, there's a line that I, I put in there. I was like, because I was trying to come up with, there's like a group, a uh, terrestrial group of of hackers and things that are trying to combat ENIAC. And I was like, oh, we need a cool name for who, who's the team of humans that like is fighting fighting back and trying to hack into ENIAC. And I was coming up with the name. I was, I'm terrible naming stuff. And then <laughs> my first, my first, uh, instinct is always is like, what's it backwards or make an anagram? And I was like, oh my god, it's Kane. <laughs> it there it is. Wow, that, that's it. Never yeah. works that way. <laughs> yeah, good call. Whoever's watching and got that right away much faster than I got got to it. <laughs> uh, Warren, uh, so this is this is a four issue series, right? And I assume most of yes. these are about mini series length, at least what you're hitting now. But they're not going to be collected. So is the expectation, I guess, that Potentially all of those issues would exist on the stand at the same time. They would end up in back issue racks. It's almost as a comic book fan my entire life. There's a certain level of, okay, obviously it's very straightforward, but trying to wrap my head around, but how do I read the whole story? No, no, no. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. I, uh, 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 having grown up when I was like a, a kid in the eighties, uh, uh, I remember like, uh, suddenly my comic shop had like X-Men 137 and like, I could, I could fill in that slot. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh they didn't have trades then and they, the masterwork stuff wasn't really there. Uh, I know I look incredibly young, but, but I was a little bit, uh, <laughs> you do, man. You wasn't do. Me, crush. I'm glad we're talking about it. Appreciate yeah. it. Buddy. It's appreciate all the it. cigars. They keep you youthful. <laughs> yeah. um, what are you using I, to dye your beard to get rid of the gray stuff? No, I'm not. I'm just letting go, bro. You know? Yeah. Wow. But, uh, um, Jealous. The, uh, uh, the hope is that we'll continue to have, uh, uh, you know, we'll continue to drive consumers into the comic book shops, which is the main hope. Uh, uh, you know, our retail partners uh, uh, really were uh, the backbone that helped us build Valiant. Uh, uh, the direct market has been uh, uh, just an absolute boon to, to publishers like us. I mean, I think when when we saw sort of the diamond shut down a little bit earlier uh, last year, right after COVID struck, uh, we saw how everything is sort of interrelated. Uh, uh, but for us, you know, ideally, we will have all four issues on the shelves uh, ideally, you know, we, ENIAC is four issues. Tankers, uh, which is our next book out, is going to be three issues. 
uh, The Lot, which is our July launch, uh, which is a horror book with Marguerite Bennett, Renato Goddess, is four issues. Sleigh Bells is a one-shot, and Walesville, uh, which Matt also wrote, will be a one-shot. Uh, so we're going to have different kind of formats. Uh, uh, Tankers will be bi-monthly. Uh, so we're going to launch in uh, uh, April, but then it won't go on sale again until June and then August, I believe. I might be getting that wrong, but I think that's the case. So the hope is that all four issues will be on sale uh, on the shelves, uh, that they will be able to be reordered. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're for me, uh, the foundation of our medium is story, and I want people to be able to read these stories, uh, and I want to uh, be able to continue to, you know, build new stories and tell new stories, and our writers and artists want their work read as well. So the, that's the goal, really. And I, I, what I love about that approach is it preserves sort of the magic of the comic book shop and, and picking up a single issue, which, you know, I still want single issues of things. The trade, yep. Yeah, everything starts to feel a little bit like, okay, I have this. It's a whole thing. But there's something about like getting that. It feels more precious. It's more like, oh, the story ends. I have to find the second one. And I think that that gets you in a way that just getting a trade doesn't. So it. It's great. I love hearing that as an approach. I, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, we're only going to do two issues a month for now. Uh, uh, we're not trying to launch with, you know, seven or eight or nine titles. Uh, slow and steady wins the race. We're just trying to build uh, meticulously and, and carefully and, and work with, you know, great talent who are uh, usually not mad at me, which is always nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and just uh, <laughs> uh, slowly build and, and just continue to uh, uh you know, similar to what uh, I tried to do at Marvel, we tried to do a Valiant, which is just uh, every panel is good, every page is good. If the page is good, the issue is good. If the issue is good, the arc will be good. And just take it one step at a time. Yeah. Matt, I'm curious on your end, given that it's not going to be collected, that it is this miniseries that's only going to be on shelves. Does that affect your writing process, the way you're structuring the miniseries at all? Or is it just still writing comics as usual? Yeah, no, I, I think anytime you serialize something, every series I've written that, that's been in issues, I consider the the issue as a thing first, you know, and then the trade is like the secondary, you know, like when it's all done, like I'll go back and like other books, I've gone back and added things or moved things around or done things for the collection because it's collected and it's a little bit of a different experience. But for when I'm doing issues and I know it's going to be issues, I definitely write for the issue, you know, and you try to, try to keep it a satisfying read. Like to me, it's like a, it's like writing a short story, you know, where it's still continued, but that, that 20 pages, 24 pages, it has to, it has to be good on its own. You know, it's like a, like an episode of whatever it is, you know, you want it to be good on its own, but also like, can't wait for the next one. So I definitely consider that. And, um, and I like, I'm excited about that. The To me, like getting back to the ritual of like going back to the shop every week, you know, going in there and like seeing what's, what's going on and, and then being forced to wait um, hmm. a month, you know, for the next one, it's, it's kind of great. It's like, it's like now with streaming television, Disney making you wait every Friday for WandaVision or something. It's like, why are you doing that? You have them all, put them out. <laughs> yeah. great about, so greedy about it. Right. Like, well, what would I like about it? And I, this is what I found out too, is when I, when I've been doing monthlies is that it, it lets the conversation continue. So like instead of just dropping a book all at once and then you everybody reads it and then you go on to the next thing, you when you're stretching it out like that, then you're thinking about it for that that whole month or whatever. You're like, oh, it's in the back of your head and you're wondering, and then you get the next one, and then you talk about it again. So like 
if it's four issues, you're talking for that's like a four month chunk of time where you're kind of invested in thinking about it, maybe talking to somebody else about it. And uh, I think it just makes it a richer experience to to take time for the story to develop. It expands in your brain if you have to wait a little bit. When you binge something, yeah. I look back on like TV series I binged and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I just yeah. had to get to the end. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just a, it's just because there's so much media now. It just comes and goes. And I'm like, I can't. Don't ask me what I read or watched last week. I don't remember, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's why we're going to release this podcast in a hundred little uh, one minute segments for everyone to take. <laughs> Uh, Matt, this is taking a little bit of a step back, but you said that ENIAC was one of the hardest things that you've had to do. Uh, mind management was not <laughs> <laughs> not uncomplicated. So Walking how the do the two? It, yeah. it was, yeah. my management was so much easier. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I It, it depends. Like, uh, it just depends on what it is. Like, I think ENIAC was a very unique story. I was talking, Warren and I were talking about this with issue one and everything. I'm like, I... I, uh, it's structured in a strange way. Like the characters are not, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's totally different kind of story than I've told before. With mind management, I felt like I knew exactly uh, what I wanted to do. And I, uh, and I just threw everything into it. So like just throwing everything, all of my ideas, every crazy idea I ever had, I built that series in a way where it could hold all of it. You know, it's like, I compared this kind of Neil Gaiman Sandman in a way where he, Sandman was great because it, he could tell any story he wanted to tell. Right. You know what I mean? It could last forever because you could just tell anything. And so I, I tried to structure my management where it would be like that, where like if I, my mood changed or I was into something else, like halfway through, I could adjust or add or do something. And with ENIAC, it was a very specific idea and, and some things I wanted to get across that uh, it was just harder to make it an interesting comic. <laughs> that's so funny but it does make total sense when you explain it uh, <laughs> I mean, have, oh go ahead warren uh, please no, no it's just one of the one of the real challenging things that matt did which is great is is we have falk and fletcher who are sort of the strike team in the present and they're trying to hunt back this thing from world war ii and then we're kind of cutting to world war ii and seeing the, the thing being built and then we're returning to the present so it's just a, he's built like a dual narrative where we're checking in checking out checking in checking out and, and sometimes that could be extremely compelling to to move on the page and just not drag to a stop, but he did a great job with it. Yeah. I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, Matt, I did want to ask you because you had a pretty big week beyond ENIAC. You also released Berserker. Yes. Uh, working with Keanu Reeves on that, which we loved. was great, but that's... <laughs> what? Man, yours. look at you. You are yeah, so good. good. I don't Lauren have to cover. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I could call out Eddie Kovic. Yeah, yeah he's got it all. Action yeah. Comics number one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. oh man. That wow. Is, hell of a stack. Uh, but Berserker, I mean, obviously, uh, for those who haven't read it, there's a little bit more going on there, which is part of the reason that I really like that book. But that almost feels like the opposite because it is this balls to the wall, bloody action thriller for most of it. I imagine that activates a slightly different part of your brain than say when you're tackling ENIAC. Yeah, it's, it's easier in some way, but also it's harder in another way. Like action to me is easy, especially in comics. Like that's super easy. So it's, how do you make that we care about it and add another layer to it, you know? And, uh, and then also like the nature of our collaboration is, is is makes it um more interesting too because we're trying to get 
everything that we both want into this thing and then make sure it works all together where uh um yeah i don't know it is yeah it is different even though uniac's got a ton of action like <laughs> i think yeah it's but it's just like bigger and broader in scope where berserker is more like uh impersonal it's very personal because it's just like straight up heads getting punched off. Well, and I, you do a little in that first issue, you do a little sleight of hand by the first, you know, two thirds of the book being like this uh, super big fight sequence. And then you get into like, Oh, but it's this underneath. And I, I just, that I was very surpri- impressed and surprised by the, the magic trickery there. Yeah, no, it's I, that one's built. It's like a three, that one's going to be like a three stage rocket where you, the first four issues, you think, you know, what's happening. And then, and then you get to the second stage, which is like, oh, okay, well, okay, they're doing this. This is what it is, and this is why we're what we're doing. And then the third stage is just completely bonkers. So it's to me like oh. that that action, all that stuff at the beginning. That's like the candy. That's to suck you in and trick you. Um, I did it for it. And uh, yeah. do yeah. it again. <laughs> again. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're getting this question a lot, but certainly with any sort of project that has a big name attached to it, there's always going to be a question about how involved they were. So how how involved was I was, was very it? involved. From you the were very involved. Warren's had his hand on my shoulder the entire yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> you looked out and there were one sets of footprints because Warren was carrying you. Wow. Uh, how involved was Keanu Reeves in actually crafting this project? If you could talk about that. No, no, I could talk about it. I, I, uh, it's just so funny. I was talking to my, I hired my niece to work as like, and help me run like social media and stuff this week. And, and she was talking, she'll tell me like, Oh, people are, they're saying like, Oh, they don't think he's involved or he's, if he's just putting his name on it, you know, and things like that. And I'm like, and she knows, I was like, I was like, if they only knew like how involved he was, like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I can't tell you like Warren knows. Cause I was <laughs> telling him stuff sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, he's just, he's so involved. He's so hands-on like every, every part of it, like, from outlining it, plotting it, to like, we go over and over it again, and, you know, and I'll type a thing up that will go over that. And then it's just the whole process down to like, like last night we were working, it was like nine o'clock at night, my time, and we're going over the pencils for the second half of issue two, you know, and just making sure, comparing it to the script and then going and changing dialogue as we went along and everything. And it's just like, a, it's like non nonstop collaboration so he's like i drew a couple extra stuff things in there just wanted to <laughs> you <do>? mind <laughs> i can't i wish i could tell you all the funny things but but uh yeah just to say that he he's super involved and super really cares about it loves comics he's having a, a blast doing it and it's just, awesome it's i love it like a, yeah, it so seems funny. like he's a true collaborator bro he's really caring about it he's not popping his name on it and just you know saying go no like no and he's yeah. not doing that, and he's not doing the opposite. Where we just got to do like what he like, because honestly, if he said we had to do the thing, we would probably have to do. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But he's not like that, so so it is good. It's like give and take, and and then uh, you know we both make a case for what if there's something we're we're debating or whatever, we make a case for it, and then the best idea wins. You know, so it's it's great just having two heads on a project. Your niece is like, where's Uncle Matt? Uh, he's arguing with Keanu again on the phone, <laughs> screaming at each other. Matt, I really like that uh, kind of caption framing sequence you built into it that runs throughout the whole, you know, first 20 or 15 or 20 pages. Yeah, and then yeah. The reveal at the end. Like, I thought that was really a, a wonderful uh, uh, stroke of uh, uh, genius, bro. 
Thanks. <laughs> no, it's you know, really you know all my tricks. You know how you know how it all really works. <laughs> yeah, it was it was real good, man. I really like the first. Yeah. yeah See, that's great. how you that's how you give a compliment, Alex. And when you have a beard like Warren's, you can do it. With <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'll keep uh, over the course of the show. I'll try to grow it out properly. And I guess yeah. uh, Warren, when are you going to get Keanu Reeves to write a bad idea comic? Oh, I'm 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 uh, uh, I love Keanu. Uh, uh, I think uh, his collaboration with Matt is wonderful. I'd love to see that continue, but uh, uh, I'm happy with this guy right here. As long as I got, <laughs> as long as I got half the team, if it's Matt right. or Keanu, I'm good. Well, you got to yeah. emphasize to Keanu that he's got to write a couple of indie comics, then maybe he can work his way up to writing yeah. like Spider Man yeah. or something. Check like his that. portfolio. Yeah, <laughs> I have uh, no. I have no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we let you guys go, any other things that you want to plug in particular, either about ENIAC or otherwise, uh, Born, you've certainly gone through a lot of the stuff that is coming up for Bad Idea. I would like to plug Matt's book for Dark Horse with Tyler Jenkins and Hillary Jenkins. Absolutely beautiful. It's called Fear Case. It came out last Wednesday as well. Uh, also, we have uh, ENIAC number one is on stands in some places uh it's hard to get in some places but we have a ton of uh 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 not first printings headed out the door so in the next couple of weeks they'll be there uh we're going to be launching tankers next week with robert venditti and juan jose rip i believe that's on sale on april 3rd but i might be getting that wrong i definitely shouldn't check for this podcast and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm butchering that date uh but it's robert venditti and it's uh juan jose rip the idea here is that oh an oil company has invented time travel. Uh, so what they do is they go back in time to flex comet so that there could be like another 20 million years of dinosaurs or another 60 oh, million years. Of oh, wow. And thus we'll have more oil for them to uh, <laughs> put it to cars, which is of course what we need right now. So uh, Venditti's uh, written a uh, really uh, brilliant kind of uh, uh, Verhoeven-esque uh, deconstruction of uh, environmentalism, capitalism, oil. Uh, it's its absolutely wonderful. And Juan Jose Rip is drawing that. Uh, after that, we've got uh, Matt's working on a book for us. Uh, uh, he's finished it. It's called Walesville. It's uh, with Adam Polina, who uh, did some work for me at Valiant and is obviously a pretty big Marvel guy from back in the 90s. Uh, super yeah. talented. Guy. And we also have a book called Rocks and Minerals that Matt wrote for me, which is drawn by Tony Millionaire. I don't know if you guys know oh, who Tony yeah, is. Yeah, of course. Uh, awesome. Tony man. is uh, one of the great geniuses of our of the medium. Oh, yeah. Uh, just an absolutely brilliant guy. And and the work he's doing on this is just absolutely wonderful and beautiful and gorgeous. Uh, oh, cool. We'll be putting that together in a 72-page uh, square-bound uh, ad-free one-shot that will be coming out in May, I want to say. And then we've got a couple of other books, The Lot and, and Sleigh Bells uh, coming up. So so our our first uh, uh, our first launches, I think, are pretty fantastic. Uh, I'm obviously biased. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a pretty talented writer on a bunch of them uh, and some other talented writers uh, on the others. So it's it's going pretty well. We're pretty excited about it. Cool. Yeah. So and, cool. and just to clarify for anybody who is listening who isn't sure, uh, presumably call your comic book shop, either ask them for a bad idea or make sure that it is there already. Right. Yes. If you can't get it, you can go to our shop, go to our website called where is bad idea and okay. all the 250 participating uh, uh, retailers should be on there. Uh, uh, and also a lot of shops will send them to you. They will mail them to you. 
So if you pre-order, you will get it, but it just takes a tiny bit of effort just going in, finding a shop, calling them, or, or signing up for them, uh, signing up with them and pre-ordering it. But it, it will arrive. It will be there. And it's I think it's good. I think it's really good. I'm a little biased. But, uh, Fair. <laughs> I it. It's worth it, man. Uh, Matt, before we let you go, Warren's plugged most of your stuff, but is there anything else <laughs> that you want to mention? No, I, I like that. I'll just say about that, of all the calls, I've gotten a lot of crazy calls this year, but the one I was most nervous to pick up is when Tony Millionaire called me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because a lot of reasons, but the main one is I'm such a huge fan of his, like Sock Monkey back, back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, like I actually had a Sock Monkey suit um custom made just for me when you have when you zoom with him pop it on surprise i don't think tony's zooming i might be wrong but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although i would totally watch that if he did <laughs> anyway, he was amazing uh but yeah so that book's great and then uh yeah fear case i think i self-owned myself this week by having berserker bad idea debuts and then fear case issue two come out <laughs> on the same day that poor book but uh yeah <laughs> i um uh, no I'm, i that's great and then uh, i don't know what else to plug <laughs> that's all good that's stuff. Somebody yeah. mentioned Department H. Go go buy Department H. My wife painted it. It's amazing. We, we had a bunch Beautiful. of shout outs here in the comments to Department H. Uh, ben the Border Collie says Department H is one of my favorites, and Eduardo agrees on that. So there you go. Awesome. I personally think the coloring saved it, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks it was so great much, seeing guys. you. Congratulations. Yeah, on take everything. care. Thanks. Thank you for having us, guys. We appreciate it. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Laid up. All right. There we so go. Cool. Once again, oh, the man. book is called ENIAC. It is from Bad Idea by Matt Kent. We also had Warren Simons here, who is the guy in charge of Bad Idea. So check out all of their books. It's great. They, awesome. they love comics. It's great yes. to talk to yeah. people who love comics and are really think thoughtful about comics in general. And that was that was cool. And it's a cool like you're rewarding people for going to comic book shops. And, you know, I think it's important to support local comic shops, especially right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And folks, we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for your audience questions, a bunch of you have already figured this out. It's pretty straightforward. But if you're over on Crowdcast, drop a question and ask a question. If you're over on YouTube, just drop a question in the comments and we will take a look at it. But before we do that... What are you drinking? What, what you drinking? What you drinking? Drinkin'? Yeah. What you drinking? Pete, what you got? What you drinking? Uh, I got a. I got a crisp. Alex, still very, on very that, tender uh, tonight. I love it. I'm still working on that case of crisp I got. I love that slender little can you got there, Pete. Uh, I got a, a limited edition. Oh, here we go. Forty bottle Sierra body hoppy anniversary ale. Hoppies. Wow. Well, hoppies. <laughs> Pete. You like it? Wow. wow. You're celebrating alongside Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I'm it's drinking a uh, Brooklyn Bel Air sour. And of mm. course, as always, I'm partying tartly. That's the way I party. <laughs> tartly. Absolutely. Um, a bunch of nice, crisp, and light beers for a beautiful, sunny day. There we go. Oh, just a lovely day in the city. Love it. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, why don't we actually go over to YouTube first for questions? Yeah. Agitato. What's your favorite fan theory for WandaVision that never came to fruition? 
Oh, well, we said 500 of them, so uh, <laughs> we have plenty to a buffet to choose from. Well, either from our fan theories or just generally from fan theories, like Mephisto will show up, Reed Richards will show up, anything. Yeah, I think my favorite was like, oh, they're definitely going to do Fantastic Four. We're going to see, uh, you know, Reed Richards. It's going to be, you know, so I think that's my favorite. I'm Wait. super happy that Mephisto did not show up, and I hope that as we continue down different Marvel TV shows and movies, mm-hmm. we keep him out. Don't put him in. He I think they're waiting that. for the Spider-Man movie, right? Like after they get married, sense. then he's going to. There's <sighs> a whole thing they have to build up there. You're yeah, right. because like Mephisto will eventually become sort of the main character of the Spider-Man movies, um, mm-hmm. because he's he's the one who's the, all the whispering and all the mm-hmm. breaking up of marriages. There's going to be a lot of divorces. Mephisto, post-COVID. Far From Hell. Mephisto, yeah. no hell home. Yeah. That sort of thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what <laughs> the people want. I mean, I just want to say a, a bit about this. Like, everyone is looking back and being like, Reed Richards was never going to appear in this series. And like, let's not look back on ourselves and say we were foolish for thinking that. That was fun. That was yeah. the real fun of the middle WandaVision period is just saying whatever crazy thought you had in your head. <laughs> I said at one point the stork is Mephisto, and I stand by it. I stand by it. <laughs> it's still no possible. One, no one it's still is possible. That, that, that smoke was red, and that's mm-hmm. the devil color. <laughs> oh, my God. That's red like the devil. <laughs> I did like – I don't think we said this on our podcast, but I did like the idea – uh, somebody mentioned this in the comments at one of our WandaVisions on U- videos on YouTube that the fly that showed up in the last couple of episodes was definitely Mephisto because Mephisto in his first appearance in comic books briefly showed up as a fly. I like that one. That was pretty I'm, fun. I'm here for it. Let's yeah, I want to believe everything. It's fine. <laughs> Pete, what about you? Favorite fan theory that didn't come true? Yeah, I, I said it earlier. It was the Fantastic Four thing. Oh, okay. Oh, right. We were just cranking on about a bunch of stuff. So I wasn't sure if you, were. <laughs> you were just cranking on. <laughs> uh, this is from Stray Bullet over on Crowdcast. Are digital comics in the comic industry? Wait, you're talking about our official chef, Stray Bullet? Official chef. Oh, okay, Cook it up. Another sweet question. Mm-hmm. Are digital comics in the comic industry looked upon the same way as I look at a hometown buffet? Like, yes, it exists. And we both serve food. But fuck that place. Based on time <laughs> and space, I only read digital now. But I'd hate to be considered hometown buffet oh man wow this is uh, something i mean talked last week week about therapy and i feel like this is a very therapeutic question you want to come here and we're here to um uh, yeah and i don't want to insult uh you know the bullet for sure uh yeah i think it's it's tough because you know i also feel a little bit dirty about buying comics online you know it doesn't feel as good as when you go to the store you get the comic you feel good but um <laughs> yeah i mean it's it is a little bit that way and i do feel that way so i i don't know hopefully it's it's okay and it's not evil uh but i do it man i eat at the buffet sometimes i'm not proud of it i'm sorry i just have a quick question are there other restaurants besides buffets <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the only place I eat. I always get all of my meals at Las Vegas. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only type of food I know to eat are going to a buffet where everything's in troughs or ordering a mother box um, from the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> are there, there are other ways. I'm still, to I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting. It's not coming out until April or May, and my kids are hungry. Wait, they didn't leak the mother box meal when they leaked the cut? I, I ordered the Tom and Jerry meal the other day at a mother box meal. <laughs> instead. Wow. 
yeah. I can't believe you know, opening that. I watched all of Tom and Jerry, and I can't believe it ends with them getting together finally. It's really <laughs> intense. A little bit of a kiss. They got the romantic kiss, comedy. Kiss. No, full erotic. Um, oh, it, it's adult. Uh, I, on the digital comics front, I I do miss buying the paper the paper comics, um, yeah. and I haven't gone back to the store yet because of COVID, obviously. But now's the time, I think. Yeah, I think the only thing I've purchased from a comic book store the entire time was the Negan one shot that they released yeah, from Walking yeah, I Dead. That. Like I specifically went for that, but. I don't know. There was something about, like, I think I talked about this on the show. It was very typical comic book shop in that it was very small. People were going crazy. People were not wearing masks. They were touching everything. And I was like, this is too much. <laughs> I'm going to do this later at some point. <laughs> but to answer your question, Straight Bullet, I think I think in the comic book industry, my sense is kind of there's this huge reticence to go all digital. A lot of it certainly has to do with the entire industry being tied up financially with brick and mortar stores um, more than anything. That's part of, uh, you know, it's not just hurting your business partners. Oftentimes it's hurting your friends or you think you're going to be hurting your friends if you're doing that. So I think that kind of explains the reticence there versus thinking digital is gross. Um, but it's the way everything is heading anyway. You know, we've been talking about that for 15 years at this point, but comicsology is established enough at this point that I don't think it's a dirty thing. It's just the other thing mm. would be my take. Um, let's see. Let's go back over to YouTube over here. This is from Nelson Martinez. Next time you guys are in a bar, whenever that will be, what is oh, the man. first drink you're going to order and what food, if anything, to pair with it? Cheers. Ah, uh, great question. Yeah. Um, well, in New York City, if you do go to a bar, you have to get a snack. So um, it'll probably be a tiny bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of the rules around uh, uh, bars right now. I think I... a really good pint margarita. Is what Ooh. I'm going to do the classy move of like uh, you order a drink and then you say leave the bottle. Because it's been too long since I've been to a bar, and I'm not going anywhere. I will say, Pete, for the that's the one thing that we could do now is leave the bottle. That's what <laughs> that's what life is now is the bottles right there. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, I wake up and the bottle's just right there, laying next to me. You know, what I mean? <laughs> right where I left it. I mean, I'll say to be, like, and that's Mountain Dew you're talking about. <laughs> leave the code red. <laughs> yeah. Just to get actually pointed about it, I think like I do think about going to the bar after our shows and getting a two hearted um, owl. You know, honestly, and like a bowl of that popcorn that was so oh, delicious. Maybe feel very sick often. Definitely, especially when we ate like four bowls for no reason because <laughs> yeah. we didn't yeah. eat dinner or whatever. But especially it was that time where there like was all the water leaking from the ceiling and it like dumped into oh, that popcorn that. machine and like yeah, that was just yeah. Absolutely. We ordered popcorn immediately after that and still ate it. Oh, man. G good question. Uh, here we go. Let me uh, look through here. Um, <laughs> this is from Jay Citizen. What is the best comic book club? Thor's Hammer? Casey Jones's Bat? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the best comic book club? club? Oh, comic book club. club. I got you. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's... Hagar the Horribles. 
club oh definitely mm. he's we haven't covered hagar as much as we used to huh <laughs> yeah all those the stack used to be all hagar the horrible and the, the lockhorns yeah we would just clip them out of the newspaper and bring them <laughs> into the show make a little teeny stack mm-hmm. i don't know i mean casey hacks uh had a sweet bat with like nails mm. sticking out of it that was pretty nice real quick be casey jones or casey hack it's actually cassie hack by the way <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know. I, it's tough. I mean, uh, Jones is more old school. I mean, that was my first love, so it's hard to, you know, it's hard not to say Casey Jones. Uh, Captain Caveman's Club. Oh yeah, that thing had anything could come out of that. Yeah, that thing, the little opening with the little bird in there. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. Who would have thought it was going to be hollow? Um, what other clubs out there? Because I don't think those aren't those aren't my clubs. No. No. Uh, Josh mentioned the hammer from I Kill Giants. Oh, that was Ooh. sweet. Yeah, that's another comes right one. out of that purse. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. NFL Super Pros baseball bat. That's the best one on Stargirl, right? That's actually yep. pretty cool when he does it there. That's Sportmaster, but yeah, oh, Sportsmaster. Same thing. Whoa, how dare you, guys? Yeah, uh, another question over here on YouTube. Uh, oh, yeah, Negan. Probably has the most iconic comic book club. That is definitely true. Lucille is the most <laughs> oh. iconic one. I can't believe you didn't think of that. Um, that's from. Adam I try Taylor not to think YouTube. of that. That was oh. Uh, maybe you guys know the answer to this one. This is from or Glenn M. M Spears three two. Did you say? Oh, you said poor Glenn. You not or Glenn. No, like he had Glenn. the best comic book club when it bashed in his head. That's right. He had it very briefly. Yes. Spoiler. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with non-fungible tokens? Do you think it has a way of applying to comics in the future? Do you know anything about this? Um, a little bit. Um, it's about owning uh, sort of a piece of the internet. Um, NFTs, it was earlier this week or maybe late last week, everyone was like talking about the exorbitant price um, pay, paid for NFTs, which is like, I own this GIF of uh, a toaster flying uh, an animated toaster flying across the screen or something That like was that. the first GIF you thought of? That, I guess, yep. The original GIF. <laughs> the first GIF. Yeah, a mailbox spinning on the bottom of your CompuServe website. <laughs> <laughs> I've got mail. Um, I, I do think there's something to, like, what... You can't collect digital comics in the same way you can collect regular comics. So I feel like that will be something that someone eventually does is, like, this is the comic mm-hmm. um, in the same way. I mean, it's a little bit like what we were talking about with Warren and Matt about like when you take comics back to just being pamphlet comics in stores and that's the only way to release them and get them, they become inherently more valuable and more of something you have to seek out. I guess you could do like a digital stamp or something like that. It doesn't really feel the same, but I don't know. It's possible. The uh, NFTs. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but good for you guys. It stands for no fucking tacos, and that's just... Ah, well, I'm pro-tacos, so if you're not going to have fucking tacos, I'm not fucking around with you. Uh, This question is from Ben the Border Collie over here on Crowdcast. Reading Chip Zdarsky and Matthew Rosenberg right for the Bat Family is a joy. What other authors would you like to see jump from Marvel to DC or vice versa, and who would you like to see them write? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, who are the big in-house names right now? People that aren't jumping anywhere. You got your Scott Snyder. Yeah, I mean, that James was the first Ryan. one that came to yeah. mind. We talked about 
about that a little bit. I think somebody asked him maybe in the comments on the live show. And they, I think he said it was a possibility at some point. Not right now, but maybe sometime down the road. I believe he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that would be interesting. I think he'd do a really good job with some titles. He's a good writer. He's a good writer. Uh, But I think, like, he's the sort of guy that could jump in on, say, Iron Man and come up with some weird, deep take on it. Yeah. On the other side. It doesn't have to be weird. I mean, he, you know. Fucking fucked up. Weird is great. On the other side, who are the Marvel people to jump ship? You got your, your Dan Slots. Your Dan yeah. Slotskys. Mm-hmm. Has Slotsky. Kelly Thompson done any stuff over at DC? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, well, I think cool. she'd be great. Um, yeah. Rico Tamaki, perhaps? Very Marvel. She's done both at yeah. this point, DC and Marvel. Uh, Jason Aaron is Wonder Woman, one of the comments here. That would be fun. That would be very badass. They're kind of doing that now in Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just without Jason Aaron. Uh, Just, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Good question there. Uh, hold on. going to shut this one down. And then going back over here, Christoph Flood says, are any of you guys watching Resident Alien on Sci-Fi? Follow-up question. Actor Alvin Sanders, TV's pop from Riverdale, made an appearance a few episodes ago on Resident Alien Shared Universe. That was definitely Ooh. my first thought. I was watching it with my wife, and I was like, it's pop! And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop shouting. She's like, you're ridiculous. Yes. Uh, Resident Alien is super fun. It's not exactly like the comic book, but I've watched, I think, the first seven or eight episodes now or something oh, like wow. that. And Alan Tiddick, it's all hanging on Alan Tiddick as the main character. If you don't know the concept, he is an alien and basically a murderous alien that comes to a small town, takes over the body of a doctor the doctor in town dies, unrelated circumstances, and so the town comes to him and says, hey, can you be the town doctor? And he hates humans, and he needs to find his machine that can destroy all human life, but at the in the meantime, he needs to like kind of solve the mystery of this doctor's death and all this other stuff. It, it's Alan Tiddick being absolutely ludicrous the entire time, but the rest of the cast is pretty fun as well, and I'm really enjoying it. It's one of those sci-fi shows that is totally under the radar. I don't think anybody is writing or talking about it in any way. Um, and again, the comic's it's not fantastic. The, the comic's fantastic. It's not yeah. exactly like the comic. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little more satirical, but I laugh out loud several times every episode. So wow. I, I recommend it. I recommend. Catch What's it his streaming on? Uh, it is on the sci-fi channel on television. Oh, hmm. interesting. Yeah. I think you can check yeah. it out at sci-fi.com though. They okay. All right. Stuff. There you go. And that sci-fi spelled differently. Yes. Nope, Pete's writing it down. I heard his pen click. <laughs> yeah. S-Y-F-I-F-Y, all caps, Pete. They've yelled at me before for spelling it wrong. It's not lowercase y and y. They're all uh, capitals. Okay. Okay. Yeah, show some respect. Uh, but yeah, Alvin Sanders was on it, and I do believe he was playing Pop. So there you go. There's your answer. Uh, this question is from Joe. Is there an opposite of Nutflex, and is that what would be said if Alex had to watch an advanced copy of the Snyder Cut? Ooh, Ooh I like that question. That's um, still Nutflex. I'm, I'm starting to get kind of excited about the Snyder Cut. I got what are you See, talking this is about? The, this is the problem. This we, is the problem we, were, we were all in agreement. That this is dumb and we're not going to watch it. And then slowly, you assholes are like, man, I can't wait for the Snyder Cut. No one's saying that. Yes. Yeah. You guys are like, what are we going to do for the Snyder Cut? Like, can't wait to watch it. I'm not watching it. 
Weird. So this is a, probably a good time to announce. Pete suggested this, and we talked about this. We're going to do a four-hour-long live stream of us watching the Snyder Cut live. Have fun. Uh, Pete's going to be there, nope. and he's going to be anchoring it, and Justin and I are going to be his guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pete was gonna, hey, Pete's running the show. His choice. This is, by the way, not a real announcement. <laughs> yeah. We're calling it the Snyder piece. Yeah, I know it's not real because you put me in charge. That's yes. how you know. Uh, I think the opposite though I of would a... love to do that. I honestly would be all up for doing that. I think that would be fun. Just us watching it right here, like looking and being like, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, um, the opposite of a Nutflex is, I'm, I just looked it up on my phone, is called a Snyder Cup. So it makes <laughs> a lot of sense uh, yeah. that Alex said that. Ah, shit. I really wish I had a sound cue for that. Snyder oh. Gun. Uh, I guess I'll have to make that. Dun, dun, yeah. Uh, I guess Alex loves HBO Max now. I do. It's my favorite streaming service. You son of a bitch. Sell <laughs> out. <laughs> we are going to do something regardless of whether Pete wants to or not about the Snyder Cut. We don't That's know exactly 100%. Yeah, you guys can watch it and then talk about it. It's very long. It is four hours long. That is a Have fun. Event. Have fun. Maybe now is the time for us to watch Justice League and review that. Mm. The animated series? No, the movie. Oh, okay. I That's what the Snyder. You know what the Snyder cut is, right? So <laughs> <laughs> like getting a haircut, right? His hair is very quaffed. Quaffed. Pablo says movie theaters are back in NYC. Just as far as AMC opening, are you guys ready to go to the movies again, Pablo? Are you inviting us to the movies? <laughs> wow. Are you asking us out on a date? I can't Aww. believe he asked out all three of us. Awkward. That's awkward. What if uh, I can't of us go. doesn't say yes? You can't go here in Philly. Uh, um, no, I'm not going until I'm yeah, vaccinated. I'm not going yet. Pretty much everybody else is vaccinated. I, it's just not Yeah, but happen. once you're vaccinated, it's, uh, it's good to go. Yeah. Eduardo, so, yeah. please... Don't see the Snyder Cut in 4D. That would be the worst thing you could ever do. Let me reiterate. I know I've said this a lot, perhaps. I did see the original, the Justice League movie in 4D, and it was horrible. I got punched in the back a lot. When yeah, I was Dude, the back punches are so... It's just, as soon as you get hit in the back, it's like, nope, this is not for me anymore. I feel um, like what four hour movie in 4D is like actually bad for you. I feel like it yeah. could damage your body. Yeah, you, I think yeah. the Snyder cut in 4D, I, I don't know if this is true, but I read this recently. Zack Snyder is actually there physically in person. With you being like, what do you <laughs> he's, think? He's being the he's shit. The original out. version? Yeah, yeah. he's this better, right? What do you think? The <laughs> fourth your... dimension is Zack. Just a quick so. question, Pete. Did you say punching your seat or punching your taint? I said punching <laughs> your back. What the fuck? Oh, okay. Um, no, it's that's one of the big changes in the Snyder Cut. It's all taint punches. No other punches besides taint punches. Um, to explain bat punches, Pablo, in the comments, um, anytime anyone punches another character, if you see a movie in 4D, there was a little jab in the back from the chairs that they put little pistons in or whatever that punch you whenever. Yeah, it fucking hurts, man. It did hurt. Yeah. I was having a good time. Like, oh, this is like a fun roller coaster. I got punched in the back and I, I wanted to go home. What did we see, Pete? You and I went to see Black Panther, right? In 4D, I think. No, it was uh, Two Towers. <laughs> That's not, can't be possible. No, no, no. Was it the to Dark Tower? No. With Idris Elba. Yeah, that's the one I saw in 4D. 
No, we we went to see Black Panther together in 4D. I remember very specifically because you got a lap full of snacks, and as soon as the movie started, they were just like <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, terrifying. Pete orders his snacks by the lap, uh, and I only know that because I saw him order the snacks before he went to a different movie than one time I went to see a movie with him. <laughs> I haven't heard yeah, that like story. A Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, like, a, like a like a gentleman who appreciates somebody's birthday. The worst part of seeing the Justice League in 4D was when the flowers bloom at the end, they smell, they put a smell in the room. And it was worse than every little bat punch. Man, wonder what's going to smell bad in this version. Eduardo <laughs> asks, a question that came to me in light of the different reactions to the WandaVision finale, is there a cost to the MCU interconnected model such that people feel they need to watch everything, even if they are not into each of the genres the MCU expands yes, into? That's... Or is this a virtue by cultivating more omnivorous genre consumption? Mm, classic. Well, well stated question. Yes. It's a classic comic book. They want you to read all the tie-ins. You can't miss anything. That's what they're doing with this Marvel TV movie shit. Yep. Is it's you got to watch it all, otherwise you'll miss something, and then the next movie won't make any sense. It feels like we put Pete in a prison 15 years ago, and we started this <laughs> podcast, and he just can't get out. He's trapped by every piece of content. Um, I take I take the point of the question because the whole Marvel model is never get to an ending. You're always somewhere in the middle of the story, so you always have to keep coming back. And I think, yes, there will be some attrition where some people will be like, I don't know what's happening. I'm tuning out. But I think it keeps everyone else engaged and activated as a fan. And they're picking, I feel like they're picking up more fans and they're losing because of attrition. So I think, yeah, it's I think ultimately the idea that you have to watch anything, everything is more on the fans than actually what Marvel Studios is doing. Like, they make a very specific effort to, as much as possible, make it an easy lift for you to go in the movies. There are things that, if you have not watched 23 to 25 movies and all the, the TV shows, that you're not going to pick up on. You're not going to get the Easter eggs, and that's always going to be the things that your friends will turn to you and be like, hey, you're a nerd, right? You've watched all of this stuff and memorized it and talk about it incessantly. What's going on here? I don't get who that big purple guy is at the end of Avengers or whatever. And that's fine. But for the most part, the movies and the TV shows stand by themselves. When they don't, I think even fans agree that they don't really work. Like, look at Iron Man 2, which was a middle part of a bunch of other stories and setting up other things. I think Marvel very quickly learned they can't do that. Because yeah. even the fans were like, this is too much. I don't know what the actual story is here. So if you look at something like WandaVision, and this has been part of the big discussion that's been outside the show, not inside the show, is the show itself was the story of Wanda and Vision and her dealing with her grief. There were a lot of other things that got brought into it, but that was all fan theorizing. And like you said earlier, Justin, I thought that was super fun. I had a good time with it. Other people felt like my expectations were betrayed, but not to be a jerk about it, but I think that's more on them than what the show was necessarily. Oh, right. it's hard to blame the show for all of us losing our minds about it. And plus we established one of the most popular characters in the Marvel universe grief um, mm -hmm. for going forward. The other thing that I will say though, on the other side, and I don't know if this is true because I haven't talked to the same people after WandaVision, but I certainly heard from people before WandaVision when they announced all these TV shows where they were like, this is too much for me. I'm out. I occasionally watch the movies, but I can't watch all of these episodes of TV shows and the movies and spend my entire life worrying about Marvel. So 
I'm curious to see, given that WandaVision was a sensation and a global sensation, whether that has changed at all at the end here, Um, whether that feeling has changed where, but I, I just don't know. I have not asked those people in the same way. I've paid quite a personal price for never watching Iron Fist. <laughs> you didn't understand anything that went on in. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Checks notes. Nothing. <laughs> uh, this is from Kevin in an ideal world. What defunct comics publisher or imprint would you most like to see revived? You Just know the answer, sure you have an answer to this. I, of course, have an answer. It's Ultraverse, one of my favorite imprints from Malibu Comics that was unceremoniously bought by Marvel. And then they were like, let's put the Black Knight in there. And then they just tanked the whole thing. I have no answer to that. Pete? Yeah. Uh, there's a little thing called Marvel Comics. Uh, not many people have heard of them. And I hope they come back and can do well again. Surely there are other other ones out there. There Defun- definitely are. I mean, Vertigo is sort of an answer, mm-hmm. which I think an answer you guys both, both might say. I mean, I will say Ben the Border Collie here says bring back pre-sale Valiant. Mm. <laughs> That's, yes. I, I think <laughs> all, all of those people, like we found out on this very show, have gone over to bad ideas. So knowing that, I'm pretty excited about what they're going to be doing over there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Uh, good idea. I did want to ask them. I forgot to ask Warren whether they called it bad idea because it's a bad idea to start a new comic book company. That's I also had that question and it felt a little like a little zingy. Yeah. Particularly if it's not. If he's like, no, bad idea was the name <laughs> of my mother. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Edward Doherty asked Alex. Oh, for me. Here we go. If Pete and Justin both needed a kidney or they would die, who would you give it to? Considering oh. Justin has children and far more to live for. But, <laughs> but Pete's girlfriend listens to the podcast, so she will hear your justifications for letting him die live on air. Mm. This is a great question. Uh, the clarification I need is, are, am I watching both of you die of kidney failure on air? And then how am I getting that kidney to you? Is it Wait, going through the computer? Are you, say, like... are you saying if you were they weren't watching and we could just sweep us under the rug? Yeah. Be... It, it, who cares if you're watching or not? We both need kidneys. We both need kidneys out. No, but I'm saying, okay, let's say right now, in the middle of this, you're both dying of kidney failure. How right. would I even get you the kidney? Don't, don't Somebody shows up past. at your door, Doesn't get a little sense. snip snip, you know, whatever. They got a cooler with them, and then they run it over to our place. Well, Alex, I'll be over in like 20 minutes because I'm pretty close to you. So, because <laughs> I've dedicated my life to being in close proximity. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would give each of you one kidney because I don't really use them anyway. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. I think That's you actually true. do. You have your f- fancy 40th anniversary beer that you're processing yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> Here's the here's the real answer. No, that goes straight down. The... <laughs> down. <laughs> what do you think is inside your sweater, dude? No, I think not I think one big two. <laughs> I would have to insist that Justin take it because he does have a family. Here's what I would do, which is uh, inevitable for us anyway. I Pete and I would become we'd be sewn together, uh, <laughs> like like conjoined twins, and we would share the kidney. Stuck on you, bro. Stuck on, on you. you. It's been our Jedi wedding was you know, it <laughs> seems it seems like a joke, but I take it seriously and I know someday I will be conjoined with Pete LePage. <laughs> 
Uh, we got one last question here. This is from Stray Bullet. What happened to the Kevin quiz? A uh, great question. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> came up with a very hard quiz for us. Um, we got the title of it. We did get the title of it, and we, and got, we got several a couple questions. Couple. Yep, right, and then one wrong. We might need to take it offline. I feel. Like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Alex, how dare I don't know, you? or just open it up to more people, or something like that. Oh, a quiz that we just watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, or we could bring Kevin on now. Should we bring Kevin on now? Bring him on. What do we? What do we got on. to lose? What do we? On. What else are we doing? Why yeah, don't we just, else we do? Why don't we bring Kevin on and bump the other trivia that we usually do? Ah. Uh. Or Kevin can do that trivia. We can also talk about the trivia podcast we appeared on earlier this week. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did. Hey, Kevin. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Hey, Kevin. So you have puppet. a secret quiz that you've been running right. for us. We've gotten several wait, wait, questions. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. He just said my new puppet. Yeah. How many puppets do you have, Kev? Do you have a uh, closet full of creepy puppets right now? 22 or 23. Wow. It's weird, it's weird that you knew that specific answer so quickly. Um, I, Alex, wait, explain. Wait, wait, wait. Like, so we got, because we Pete, saw one puppet one time that was yeah, like. The otter. The otter. Yeah, that was magical. So you've got the otter. You've got a dinosaur. Okay, yeah, I'm getting into puppet. I'm sorry. I just. It's no, sorry, very... Pete, if you want some recommendations of virtual puppet shows to check out, I can turn you to my six-year-old son. Okay, great. <laughs> You guys, we have a lot in common, actually. Now, Kevin has been operating this secret quiz. Um, Pete's has a quiz in a minute, and then he has a second quiz inside of it. So let's definitely get into it. <laughs> Kevin, can we pick up with the last question that we got wrong? Right. And and I think Joe had actually wanted to try uh, her hand at this question a couple weeks ago. Hey. Um, but the, the, que- the question we left off on was that there were three television Wonder Women before Linda Carter. One in live action, two in animation. And I was asking uh, to name two of the actors who had played Wonder Woman before, or name the actor who had played her in live action and both of the animated series Mm. in which she had appeared. And we had established that one was Filmation and one was Hanna-Barbera. Yes, and we had not answered that correctly, right? <laughs> right. Hmm. Um, t- let's toss it to Joe. Joe has the answer. Yeah, Joe, if you want to answer it in the comments, yes. that would be great. Go for it, Joe, and we'll read them out here. As if we answered them, and then we'll cut out the middle part where we threw it to Joe, and we'll just say that we said them. Uh, it, oh, real quick, I, I, I'm thinking of it. Is One it of B- those names B- is B- correct. B.J. Ward and Kathy Lee Crosby? Okay. Kathy Lee Crosby is correct. She w- she played Wonder Woman in live action in 1974. Okay. And then what is the other one we're looking for? Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera Wonder Woman. Hmm. Oh, oh, he's got it right there. He's got it right there. It, well, this was the Kathy Lee Crosby movie. Whoop, there we go. Now it's not reflecting the light. So it was based primarily on the Denny O'Neill run. As you saw, she wore a jumpsuit instead of the tights. Hmm. Hmm. Hanna-Barbera Wonder Woman? Is that what you're saying? Well, you can name the Hanna-Barbera series, and then there was a filmation series in which she appeared. Okay. 
And it was the Hanna Barbaria series Super Friends? It was Super Friends. Okay. Yeah, because the original incarnation with Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog premiered in nineteen seventy three. Okay. Is that correct then? That is correct. <laughs> so you can name the actor who played Wonder Woman on Oh, Pablo just gave us the answer. The first appearance of Wonder Woman on television. If you want to read out what Pablo just said out loud. Uh, Brady Kids. Filmation's The Brady Kids. Wow. Wait, are you just doing a a quiz around what DVDs you have laying around? (laughs) No, I just happen to have those two. Like, I don't actually have the original incarnation of Super Friends, but I have The Brady Kids. It was an episode called It's All Greek to Me, where uh, the Brady Kids and Diana Prince go back to ancient Greece because the Brady Kids was that kind of cartoon. Wow. Wow. Oh, Um, and the fuller answer is the is Wonder Woman on Super Friends was originally voiced by Shannon Farnan. Okay. And on the Brady Kids by Jane Webb. Oh, Jane Webb. Yeah, the Brady Kids, like a lot of Filmation cartoons, they had a a fairly small cast, so they had the kids. And for Mm. most of the run, it was the original kids from the Brady Bunch. But for all of the adult roles, all the male voices were Larry Storch. Yes, F Troops, Larry Storch. No, yeah, none of us knew what you were talking about. (laughs) And all the female voices were Jane Webb. Wait, let me real quick. So these and all these people were in a Robin Williams movie together. I'm just trying to put this together. (laughs) Yes, Uh, how many? uh, I'm asking this in the absolute best way, Kevin. Uh, How many more questions are there? (laughs) Uh, There are a few. Now, all right, hit us with the next question. Yeah, let's see the next question. An interesting thing is that this was not. Jane Webb's only brush with playing comic book character, mm. because we talked about how Filmation had done the DC Kevin, characters. I'll know this. You don't okay. get to read. So in '68, they got an even bigger coup when they started the Archie cartoon. Yes, and I for a decade, that. they had the rights to Archie and Sabrina from '68 to '78, and in all of those cartoons, the the voice cast was generally three or four men and Jane Webb, mm. which meant she was Betty. She was Veronica. She was Ms. Grundy. She was Sabrina and both aunts. Wow. Versatility. That's what I call it. She's the Meryl Streep before Meryl Streep. I always remember her as Katie O'Hara from My Favorite Martians. What's great is I can tell when you're reading things because you have no... uh, Also, I don't think it's Martians. That's what it says uh, in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And that actually leads us to the next question, because of course they have a huge because Filmation has a huge success, you know, with the Archie cartoon. Uh, I mean, yeah. remember in the year of Woodstock, also, the number one that, selling song. I can't in remember America if I never knew it to begin with. Let me be honest. <laughs> was Sugar Sugar? Of course, honey, from the honey. Archie cartoon. I know. Oh, honey, honey. So Hanna Barbera, of course, goes to Archie Comics. Says, "Do you have any characters available for us?" And they said, yes, we do have one character, and we've just revised her line, her comic storyline. We replaced almost the entire supporting cast and put her in a band, which is how, how Hanna-Barbera got the rights to Josie and the Pussycats. Ah, oh, there it mm-hmm. is. No, I, which I'm, debuted in Josh 1970. Says, Alex Googling furiously. I'm not Googling because what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> and then in 72... They changed it up by sending Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. So the question <laughs> yes. is, 
The question mm. is... Okay. Name the alien, the first alien that they encounter in space, who then became a regular on the show, and in that alien's language. <laughs> this, is it, not, this is an equation. This, this is, is, is homework. Yeah, this, there's no way of getting away out of this one. I don't let, me, let, let me just say, was it a space monkey? Was it was a space, not a space monkey. Was there a space monkey on this show? It it was not a monkey. Okay, so, that's all the juice I got. <laughs> this is just off the top of my head. Okay, here here's a hint. Well, give give your just off the top of your head, then I'll give no, you no, a no. hint. G- give the hint first. Okay, it, it's possible the alien was just swearing all the time. Snart. <laughs> Josh says the uh, great gazoo. Is that correct? That's from Flintstones. Yeah, oh, was no. it fuckface? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Very it was famous. Marvin thing. the Martian? No. Nope. It was. Uh... Oh, what was that? What was the name of that giant shark? Anybody in the comments, by the way, could just answer this question. <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally googled Josie and the Pissy Cats. Oh, and oh, yeah, bleep, yeah. Is it bleep? Bleep. bleep. Yeah. Oh. And the answer in the alien language is the alien would just say bleep, 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 bleep. Which, of course, Melody was the one member of Josie and the Pussycats to actually understand. Right. She spoke. She's half bleep. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, we did it. Okay. So. Okay. Next question. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. The, the 70s gave us three television live-action Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was The Amazing Spider-Man starring Nicholas Hammond that was the only one to feature any other characters from the comics. Okay. Okay. So, in the pilot episode, there are three... And I just need you to name two of the three. Is this Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman? Is that what you're talking about? No, this was live action. Live action. Live the action. Live this action. was a live action show that ran for two seasons, but still only had like the pilot and 13 episodes. Hmm. So yes. what? You'd think I it was watching these. What are you asking us? So there were, like I said, there were in the pilot, there were three yeah, I got other the three comic book characters. <laughs> Three comic book characters. Okay. So, so three named... characters from the Sp- three members of Spider Man supporting cast. Right. Who Harry Osborne. were also in the show. Doc Ock. Mary Jane. Vulture. Gwen Stacy. So far you've named Me- zero. Mephisto. Venom. Venom. <laughs> no villains. Oh. Doctor J. J. Jonah Jameson. Mr. T. Betty Brandt. Robbie Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Robertson? Oh, Aunt May's a good guess. Aunt May? Yeah. Uncle Ben. Well, you've named two, finally. Oh, good. Nailed it. J. Jonah Jameson. Nice. Aunt May, Betty. not Betty Grant, Ooh. Robbie Robertson. Oh, oh wow. okay. Now, Robbie Robertson uh, was all, was only in the pilot, 
Aunt May was in the pilot and one other episode, and she got recast between her two appearances. I mean, old people, you know, yeah. they go fast. That keeps happening in the JG's movies, too. J. Jonah Jameson was in the pilot and then continued as a regular through the whole series. Besides Spider-Man, he's the only one who was a regular through the whole series. And he also got recast after the pilot. The original actor who played J. Jonah Jameson was David White, who is probably best known as Larry Tate from Bewitched. Yeah, 100%. And then he was recast, and I'm suddenly blanking on the actor's name. I'd have to look it up. Just say any name. Who's best known... For play, for being the first actor to play Darren's father on Bewitched. Okay, are we out of question yet? Okay, so next, is, this is well, it's, it, be, yeah. Bewitched is a show famous for its own recastings. I'm afraid we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah, I love that you're going through this, Kevin, and then we're going to kick it over to Pete and he'd be like, "All right, comic <laughs> blank A books B Elijah Dushku." Okay. <laughs> That's easy to see, Alex. Okay. See, we're, all, we're running okay. out of time for, can do okay. for Kevin's quizzical corner. In 1977, here we go. Okay, this, this is my year. I was almost played born the then. first villain to go up against Wonder Woman in the present day. So, if you remember, and Cheetah. this is the Linda Carter Wonder Woman because she started out in World War II and then, uh, you know, moved to the present day when she had the network change. So this was the first act. This actress played the first villain she went up against. A year later, she was the villain in the Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. She, so I just need you to name the performer who went up against both Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and Peter Hooten's Doctor Strange. <laughs> Peter Sellers, Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> Wait, Pete's getting a female performer, right? Yeah, Pete's getting louder and more determined. Um, She's she's more famous recently for playing two very, I'd say, bad mothers. Okay, when you say recent, are you talking about like the eighties instead of the seventies? I'm saying within the last couple of decades. Okay. Yeah, and and these are iconic Kristen roles. Bell, Catherine Hahn, uh, Mila Kunis. Dropping the Those Bad Moms the- cast. Yeah. Alex, They're very on- quick to drop the Bad Moms cast. Yeah. <laughs> Can't name anything Kevin's talking about. <laughs> He's got the Bad Moms cast on. Death. Ask me about what I know. The Man. Bad Moms movies. Yeah. Aaron's <laughs> <Mom>. TV. <laughs> no, TV. She, was, she played away. mothers on TV. Uh, mm-hmm. Mothers on TV. The mother. Roseanne. <laughs> no. no, two different TV shows. Faye Dunaway. Somebody guessed Faye Dunaway. In two shows that started with the letters A R. Two shows that started. Both start with the letters A R. I honestly feel much. Do I need more. to go over to Archer? my TV show? Oh wait, Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter. She was the first first villain in the modern day Wonder Woman, you know, when Wonder Woman moved from World War II to the 70s. And then she was Morgan Le Fay in the Doctor Strange movie. Of course. And we're, of course, talking about the Andrew Hooten Doctor Strange. Peter Hooten. 
That's what I mean. <laughs> who, by the way, is who? Honestly, Kevin, you could quiz who, me on stuff you've already like said. the one actor in that movie who doesn't have another – who just isn't like – Oh, my God. You, Kevin, you could quiz me on something you said four minutes ago, and I'd have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think there's okay. 85 more questions. So, wrap it up. we got to get more to two more trivia questions, quizzes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one, and if you don't get it, we'll stop and you'll right, have to come back later. Last one. Last one. Okay. Before the Amazing Spider-Man. So we're I just want to say, whoever brought up Kevin's quiz, uh, thanks. <laughs> we had Spidey Super Stories, which was the first light, which was the first one to actually make it to TV, first live-action incarnation of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. in which he faced off against such villains as The Wall, Funny Bunny. And Blowhard. <laughs> Name the show in which this uh, segment appeared and name the actor who provided the voice of Spider-Man in them. Oh, man. Okay. The, uh, Pablo says The Electric Company. That's correct. Nah. Wow. <laughs> Pablo from downtown oh, with gosh. the answer. I like yes, the first was a segment on the electric company. We're not really taking this quiz, we're just facilitating it. <laughs> Wait, so who played Spider Man on the electric company? That's the question. Well, who provided the voice? Mm. The voice on. I'm not going to make you guess who was in the suit. Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks. Uh... Tim Allen. Josh, okay, I have not this, Googled this... anything for several questions. Is questions. that your final answer? Um, no. Yes. Is, is this the last question in your quiz? Well, if you, get it, if you get it wrong, it will... Yeah, this will be the last question for tonight, but I will give you the answer, and then we'll just move on to the next question next time. Wait, what? No. I have no <laughs> idea why my voice just suddenly, like, stopped. <laughs> no, There's this is like 85 questions, man. No! No, I appreciate it. This is <laughs> no counting the physical challenge at the end. It was only twelve oh. questions. Oh, twelve man. questions. No, and I we... actually had a question on the on the on the Archie cartoon that I had to cut. Ah, oh, oh, I man. can't believe you had to cut. Actually, I had a couple others I had to cut. There's only twelve questions, and we I think we've uh, answered seventeen. So this is a this is number six. Just just to kind of like throw something out really random. Is it uh, dancer Danny Seargren? <laughs> That's who was in the suit. Oh, fuck. Which I actually had listed on the quiz. <laughs> Why did you have to no. say dancer? It it was a trick <laughs> question. He's in the suit. He's on no, dance. It, it's okay. It's so you did question. miss it. It was a trick question because in the Spidey Super Stories, he never spoke. His dialogue was all in voice. Uh, was all in never. voice bubbles. It was trick question. Kevin, you're a trick. But question. yes, <laughs> but yes, Danny Seagren was the first live action Spider Man because he was in the suit. I believe his name is Dancer Danny Seagull. <laughs> so, yeah. So the next, Pete, <laughs> the show, the stick is yours. You have to drive this ship. I, I can't. <laughs> All I can't right, think well, anymore. All right, Kev. Uh, why we got you here? We might as well do the trivia with you here because <laughs> rewarded for this. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do. It's just this too is much. like the time that lady was like, 
Hey, why did you never respond to my LinkedIn message? And Pete was like, I feel bad for you attacking Alex. Here's $25. Yep. Pete doesn't know what to do. I think we can officially crown Kevin the new star of trivia, though. That's not <laughs> yeah, that's really exactly easy. true. All right. Take it right. away, Pete. All right. Kev, today's trivia is on topical comic news as well as a nod uh, to the legend Irfan Khan. Okay. So, oh, what is this? What, what is the name? Uh, question number one. Uh, what is the name of the new villain in Mar- Marvel's Heroes Reborn? Is it A. Murder Hornet, B. Doctor COVID, or is it C. Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> so it's either A. Murder Hornet, and you're on your way to question number two, or you could be completely wrong. Yeah, I'm going to go with Murder Hornet. You are correct. Very nice. How topical that is. All right. Question number two. (laughs) Because of the popularity of WandaVision, what books are now on back order? Is it it A, House of M, B, Avengers The Crossing, or is it C, Natalie Portman? So it's either A or it's B or C. I'm going to go with A. A is correct. All House right. of M is now sold out. You can't get it anywhere. Wow. You come we back tru- next week. We, we've truly sh- stretched the definition of trivia tonight in multiple directions. <laughs> Here we go. Last one, Kev. Focus up. In June, the new Spider-Man event will be called Blank Conspiracy. Is it? A, Cologne Conspiracy, B, Chameleon Conspiracy, or C, Chloris Leachman. So it's either A, and you won't win $25, or it's B, and you will win. Then I'm going to go with B. Chameleon Conspiracy is correct. Wow. $25 will be yours. Amazing. And do you you know uh, what movie we are referencing in this I don't say we. I don't think it's a we situation. (laughs) Well, it's not Jurassic World. You not have enough time to Google it. Yeah. It it is not Jurassic (laughs) World. It is the classic New York, I love you. Yeah, that's not a movie I know, so. Well, it's it's a rom-com and you should fucking check it out. Wow. (laughs) Kevin. Thank you for your trivia questions. Thank you for all the thought that you put into them. Thanks for coming on. You've got $25 from and Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we will get you set up, and uh, we'll check out catch you next time. Kevin, the next time we yeah, talk yeah. to you, I want, a, I want a different puppet every time, okay? I want to eventually see and I know he... all 22 puppets. Well, that's, wow, look wow. at that. Uh, Another puppet dropping in. All right. Bye, Kevin. Have a good night. Good uh, night. Good night, Kevin. Right. Wow. Pete, it's like if Batman gave the Riddler $25. <laughs> well, good riddles, Riddler. Good riddles, Riddler. <laughs> Was that Batman? Yeah, I think we were both. Good riddles, that. Riddler. I'm Batman. <laughs> I talk like this now. Good riddles, Riddler. I'm also the Riddler. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, cool. That was good. That all made sense. (laughs) Yes, it definitely made sense. What also makes sense is that new comic books 
come out tomorrow or Ooh. today if you're DC Comics. What are you looking forward to, Pete? Well, I'll tell you what I'm very excited about, and it's nonstop Spider-Man number one. Wow. What a team up. We got Joe Kelly and Chris Bacciolo. Ah, what is, it's a super team. I knew you would be psyched about that one. You Justin, love the what about you? I'm going to give it up for that. Um, the Wonder Woman book that we talked about earlier. Um, Wonder Woman number 77, I want to say. It's 770, uh, isn't it? Uh, 770, pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um it's um it's already out, so I can say that I have read that, and it's about Wonder Woman post um, all the big crossover stuff is dropped into a totally new situation. It feels really fresh. I really like the direction that this is taking. Um, it's very she's dropped right into Asgard, and it, there's a nice mystery here, and some just drawn beautifully. Very happy with it. I'm looking forward to Spectre Inspectors number two from Boombox. Oh. We were kind of bowled over, I think, by the first issue of this. Sure. It was about a bunch of ghost hunters who are all fakes until they encounter an actual demon. And this is picking up from that. So excited to talk about and check out that book on our Stack podcast, which is in the Comic Book Club feed or the Stack feed Wednesdays at 9 a.m. And folks... That is it for our show. Woo! I want to thank our amazing guests for coming on, Matt Kent and Warren Simons. Remember to check out Bad Ideas ENIAC. And next week, we're going to have some new guests on the show. Carl Stevens is going to be here to talk about Penny. James Emmett and Kristen Thompson are going to be back to talk about the latest issue of the comic I Am Hexed. A couple of other things to plug. Riverdale After Dark, on Riverdale podcast, Wednesdays after that show. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, is going to keep on going. We're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So remember to subscribe and rate that. American Godcast, our American Gods podcast, is ongoing Sunday nights. Uh, also, we have a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We're doing that right now. Oh, my God. We got a lot of podcasts, guys. That's what's going on. And they're talking about our our Invincible podcast dropping soon. Oh, yeah. We're going to start doing an Invincible podcast that may or may not be called Podvincible. We're kind of fighting about it. We're fighting about it. We're having a fight about it. Uh, but that's going to come out for that show on Prime Video. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, follow, and listen. At Comic Book Live on Twitter. Comic Book Club on YouTube. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, bye-bye. Later. More questions.